You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with God's help in 5768, 2007, right here in Ramat Shemesh, Israel. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayishlach. At the very beginning of the Parsha, we find that Yaakov, Jacob, sends messengers to his brother Esau. Esau. And in the message that he sends, he says, Im garti ad ato. I have lived for these past 22 years with Lavan, and I've haven't gotten back home till now. Rashi says an interesting and beautiful thing on the words, Im Lavan Garti, with Lavan, with Laban I lived. The word Garti is the same letters as the word Taryag. Taryag is the reference to the 613 commandments. Rashi says, Im Lavan Garti, Taryag Mitzvah Shamarti. I have lived with Lavan for 22 years, however, I was able to keep all of the 613 mitzvahs. Not only that, says Yaakov, but I did not learn from his evil ways. Rashi adds on, I kept the mitzvot and I didn't learn from his evil ways. So Rabbi Yaakov Hillel, in his book, Ascending Jacob's Ladder, asks a beautiful question. The question is like this. If Yaakov indeed said, Jacob had said, I kept the 613 commandments, obviously he didn't learn from Laban's evil ways. Why does, it, why does Rashi have to tell us that Yaakov said that not only did I keep the 613 commandments, but I also was able to steer myself clear of Lavan's ways? Why is it necessary to add that? What's the, what's the addition? Rabbi Hillel explains that the answer to this question is that it's possible to keep the 613 commandments, all the commandments of the Torah, to do everything as, as one is supposed to. However, it's still possible to learn from the evil ways of Lavan. It's possible for someone to do all of the mitzvahs. It's possible for a person to daven, to learn, to keep all of the Torah, and to still learn from the evil ways of the people around him. To learn from the evil culture that surrounds one. Rabbi Yaakov Hillel makes a beautiful connection between this parsha, which we always read before Hanukkah, between this parsha and, and the idea of Hanukkah itself. Because we know what was the idea of Hanukkah. It wasn't just about this cute miracle with the eight days, there was only enough oil for this. It didn't last, it lasted seven days, even though it was only enough oil for one day. There's much more to it than that. Because we have to understand the Rekha, the background behind the whole story of Hanukkah. Because during that time, there was a movement that came from the Greeks. The Greeks, their whole philosophy was one that we just have what you see, what you see is what you get. And it's unfortunate that we even have this problem until today, this idea. And their idea was, there's no spiritual world. There's only a physical world. You can't tell me that if my five senses can't sense it, it's there. It's not there. That's what they said. The Greeks were convinced that if there is a God, maybe, maybe, he, maybe he exists, but he's not involved. Judaism teaches the exact opposite. Judaism teaches that everything that we do connects to God. And that was this colossal battle between Greece and between the people of Israel. Because Greece wanted to take away the essence of Judaism away from the Jews. The Greeks said, you know, if you want to keep, if you want to keep some commandments, you have some nice minhagim, some nice customs, we don't have any problem with that. But don't connect it to God. Shabbos, you want to keep Shabbos, we won't let you. Because Shabbos represents the fact that there's a God, that He created the world in six days, on the seventh day He rested, and we try to be like God, we try to connect to God. No, 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 you can't do that. The idea of Mila, of circumcision, says that there's a holier side to, to the human being. No, 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 no. We're not interested in holy sides of human beings. What you see is what you get. There's only a physical. And keeping the Torah, learning the Torah, that's okay. It's a nice wisdom. We'll translate it even into Greece, you know, into Greek, I'm sorry. But uh, 
More than a wisdom, it's not. It's not anything spiritual. That was what the Greeks wanted to teach. That's what they wanted to take away from Kal Yisrael. They wanted to take away from the people of Israel their connection to God. At that time, Matisyahu, the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, he got up and he said, Mila Hashem Elai, who is for God? Come join with me. Because when there's someone who's trying to take away the essence of Judaism, we have to stand up. Even if we're a small army, it was only five people, six people. But we have to stand up against these mighty Greeks. And part of the miracle of Hanukkah, part of the miracle was that Hashem showed that the Greeks were totally wrong. There's much more to it. Five people could succeed against thousands. How is that possible? Because when Hashem is on your side, when you're on the side of God, then you know you're going to succeed. Rabbi Yaakov Hillel in his book brings in a very interesting conversation between Turnus Rufus, who was the Roman general who carried on the Greek philosophies, and between him and Rabbi Akiva. Turnus Rufus said to Rabbi Akiva, What is more perfect, the creation of God or the creations of man? Now Rabbi Akiva, he understood that what was implicit in this question was that why would a Jew come along and think that he can make a person better? Why would he circumcise himself? What God made is perfect. Why would he have to add on to it? So Rabbi Akiva knew the right answer. And the answer was that true God's creations are beautiful and wonderful. However, God left it for us to complete. God wants us to complete the creation. Let us make man. I once heard a shot from Abraham Tversky. Let us make man. When God said, let us make man, it was not just talking about God. It was talking about man himself. Because man takes a part in, in the creation of man. Because we have to create ourselves in a certain sense. We have to complete and perfect the creation that God made. God leaves it to us. Rabbi Yaakov also asks another beautiful question which we see again this same point, the same idea about how important it is, the connection to God, the connection. The mitzvahs are to connect us to Hashem. He asks the following question. The question is like this. When the Greeks went in to the Heichal, to the Beis Hamidosh, to the Holy Temple, there was so much that they could have taken. There was gold, all kinds of beautiful ornaments and beautiful kalim vessels that were created out of, that were made out of gold. And they could have taken them. They didn't take anything. What did they do? They went and they defiled all of the oil. Why did they defile the oil? Why was that the most important thing to them? To answer this question, Rabbi Yaakov Hillel explains something tremendously beautiful about the oil in the Beis Hamikdash, about the menorah, the candelabra in the Beis Hamikdash in the temple. He says that during the second Beis Hamikdash, during the second temple, we know that there were many things that were missing from the second temple that were indeed in the first temple. For example, the Aaron. The Ark of the Covenant was not inside of the second temple. Another thing is that there were ten miracles that occurred in the first temple. Those miracles did not occur in the second temple. However, there's one miracle that even occurred during the second temple. And that is that every single day, the Kohen, the priest, would light the menorah. And then of all of the candles, of all of the neros, the middle candle would continue to burn through the night, miraculously. Whereas the other six candles on the sides would not continue to burn. They would go out naturally. And then in the morning, the priest would take the light from the middle, from the middle candle and, and take it from that wick and put, and put the fire to the other candles. What we saw every single day in the Beis HaMikdash there, in the second temple, even though the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, wasn't there as much, but there was still a recognition, there was still that miracle, that above nature, that Lamala Minateva, that still existed there, and that we could see every single day. This is what the Greeks wanted to take away from us. That's why they were so bent 
on being metame, on defiling the oil. Because they knew that as long as there's an oil, there's a connection to God. As long as it's clear that there's something miraculous going on in the world, that means that God is indeed involved in the world. They wanted to destroy any recognition of that because they believe that it's not true. And that's why they specifically went to defile the oil. There's one more point that Rabbi Yaakov Hillel brings out. And that is that why was it necessary to have this miracle with the oil? In fact, the law is, the halacha is, that if there's no kosher oil, there's no oil that's pure, you're allowed to use defiled oil. Why was it necessary for God to make this miracle at all? Why was it necessary for there to be this miracle also that they would find this one last jug of oil? Forget about the jug of oil. Let there not be a jug of oil. You're allowed to use oil that's defiled if there's no other oil. The answer is that the whole idea, the whole purpose of this miracle was indeed to show that the Greeks are wrong. God wanted the people of Israel to know, to intimately know, to see, to understand for all generations that the Greek way is wrong. There is a higher reality. There is a spiritual world. It's not true that the physical world is what you see, is what you get. It's not that way. That's why Hashem, Dafka, specifically went and created this miracle so that people would see that there is a miraculous. There is something above the physical. This is something that we need to, for sure, take into our hearts and into our minds. We live in a society, a Western society, that would have us believe that there is where we're descended from apes. And that there's nothing more to us than, than the, the physical, physical world. There's so many instances, so many things where the, the world just wants us to believe that we're just animals. And it's not true. That's the message of Hanukkah. The message of Hanukkah is not just that we, are, we were powerful. We weren't powerful. We were nothing without God. The message was that Hashem helped us. The reason that this small group of people, these Makabim, you know what Makabi stands for? It stands for Mi Kamoicha Ba'elim Hashem. Who is like you in the gods, O Hashem? Because everything, the Maccabees realized that everything that they had came from God. They connected to God. That was their fight. The fight was against the Greek idea that there was no God, heaven forbid, or that God doesn't care about the world, that there's no spiritual dimension. That's what the Maccabim came. Who's like you, O God? That's what they came to rededicate into their own hearts and into the hearts of all of the nation and into Klai Israel and to the people of Israel for all time, even until our times. What we learn from this, what we see from this, is that the most important thing in Yiddishkeit, in Judaism, is connecting to God. If we haven't connected to God, we've missed the point, like I mentioned in previous podcasts. If we don't connect to God, if we don't see Hashem in everything, we don't see Hashem's hand running the world, it's so easy to read the news and read what's going on in the world and to get very scared and think, this one's going to destroy us, that one's going to destroy us. But ultimately, Hashem runs the world. God is guiding everything. God is guiding history, bringing us, hopefully, very soon to the true final redemption. But we have to open our eyes to see it. We have to open our eyes and really understand and believe it. And the only way we, we can understand and believe it is if we constantly review the idea in our hearts. That's why, that's why it's important to keep going over this thing. That's why I've come back to it again. I'd like to leave you with one last idea that Rabbi Yaakov Hillel says. And that is that the menorah, the menorah in the Beis Hamikdash, represents the day of the week. There are seven branches of the menorah. And the middle branch represents Shabbos. Shabbos is, the, Shabbos is the middle of the week. We think of it as the end of the week or maybe the beginning of the week. But the truth is that it's the middle of the week. And the days, there are three days on either side. On one side there's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. On the other side there's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And all of the Kedusha, all of the holiness that we get in Shabbos, it seeps out into the week. And just like the candle, the candle in the middle, on the menorah, on the candelabra in the, in the temple, that candle never went out. 
because it was the idea that we are connected to Hashem, it was the miraculous candle. So to Shabbos we are connected to Hashem. Shabbos is the day we say, Mizmor Shir Liyom HaShabbos. The psalm for the day of the Sabbath is, It's good to give thanks to God and to praise and sing to His great exalted name. What's the Why is that on Shabbos that we sing and we thank Hashem? Shabbos is the day that we realize that the other things are not important. We don't talk about our business on Shabbos. We don't talk about any other mundane matters. We don't use electricity. We try our best not to, to do anything else. All we do is focus on, on spirituality, focus on our connection to Hashem. We go to shul, we daven, we pray. We think about all the wonderful gifts that Hashem has given us, our children, our family. We sit around the table, we sing songs, we say words of Torah. That's what Shabbos is about. Shabbos is the Makor HaBracha. The source of, of holiness for the Jew is Shabbos because that's the day that we connect to God and that's the day that we realize what life is really all about. And this is what we see also from Hanukkah. Hanukkah, the battle of Hanukkah was about Shabbos. The battle of Hanukkah was about keeping spirituality alive, keeping the spark of spirituality inside of our lives. Not giving into the Western culture, the Greek culture, that says that all you see is what you get, and that's all there is, and there's no spiritual world, heaven forbid. Rather, the whole idea of Yiddishkeit, of Judaism, is to teach us that we should learn, and we should know that God is indeed in our lives. He takes an active part in our lives, and we have to connect to Him. That's the lesson of Hanukkah. And it's so important in our times, it's so important in our times to realize that everything that we do, we need to focus it towards Hashem, to try our best to come close to Him, to try our best in everything that we do, to, to realize that His hand is inside of our lives, constantly guiding, constantly helping us. It's just a question of if we look for it, we'll see it. Now bringing it back full circle, back to our Parsha, when Yaakov came back to his parents' house, he sent, it, he sent the message to Esau saying, Lavan Garti, I live with, with Lavan. Tariag mitzvah shamarti, I kept the mitzvahs. I didn't learn from his evil ways. Because a person can be in a matzav, in a, in a circumstance, being surrounded by nations or by people who are not supportive of his spiritual growth. And when he's faced with this circumstance, he has to redouble his efforts, redouble his strength, not just to do the mitzvot, because it's possible, you know, once a person's habituated to doing the mitzvot, it's not a big deal. It's not such a big deal. You didn't kosher, you go on the rack, you, you find an OU symbol, and you pick it up and you buy it. Not such a big deal. What's the big deal? The big deal is staying inside of your heart, connected to God. The big deal is, I didn't learn from his culture, from his evil ways, from his connection to other deities, to his connection to godlessness. That's what we have to do. We have to remember what Jacob did. We have to remember the lesson of the, of the Makabim. We have to learn this lesson and re remember for ourselves and, and redouble our, our own efforts to keep ourselves connected to Hashem in everything that we do, especially in the mitzvot. But even, no, it doesn't matter where we are. Even if we're going out to work, even if we're going out to do other things, we always have to, to ask ourselves, how does this bring me closer to God? When I'm doing this thing, does it bring me closer to God? If the answer is yes, continue. If the answer is no, then we have to be honest with ourselves. Bottom line is, everything that we do, we have to connect to God. It doesn't matter what we're doing. That's, that's the ultimate goal. With God's help, I'm sure that we all will be Zoha, will all merit to come close to him. If we try our best, he'll help us. Have a very good Shabbos and thank you for listening.